Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley, Nate Hansen, Max Barr on the ones and twos. If you haven't picked up the podcast yet, please do so. Tell your friends and family to subscribe. Give us those positive ratings. It really helps us out in making sure that everyone else can find us as well. And for all of you guys that have stuck with us through the past few seasons, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. The Portland Trailblazers go 4-0 and this week. Nate Hansen, wrong, baby. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're making it sound like I said they would completely shut down and, like, lose against these teams. I said they would go 3-1. and one. And, <sighs> and guess what? They're one basket away from doing that. But, you know, give credit where it's due. They've uh, – They've certainly played better against that uh, that disappointing loss against the Bulls. Not gonna lie, I was kind of kind of rooting for the Kings to win last night, just so I could say that to you guys, what you just did. But, kind of rooting. Before the game, you sent us a text that said you were rooting for the Kings. <laughs> you know, you know, lo- loyalties can be bought and sold. You know. <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I'm more salty about uh, last week's results from Rippet, uh, a, a dominant performance. From Nate, uh, and we have to be careful now. Uh, Damian Lillard providing receipts now, so <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta watch what we to, say. Yeah, we better be ready to back it up because Dame is coming for people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's it's been a, a a good week for the Portland Trail Blazers. I hope it's been a good week for you guys. How, how's everybody doing uh, via Zoom? Doing this thing socially distant as usual. Doing I'm pretty good. well. Yeah, can't yeah. complain. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump into this thing, dude. Because last oh. week, last week, you know, I, as you guys know, I was a little bit more down than the two of you about where the Blazers were. And now that now that they're playing a little bit better, and uh, that I, I'm happy to be more positive today. So I just want to like jump into this, man. Yeah, when All they're right. winning, you want to get right to it. Yep, yep. I like your energy. You guys know how we roll. Three questions, three answers. There's three of us. Question number one: The Blazers. They've won four in a row since we last spoke. So what has impressed you most about this winning streak, Nate? It's all you, man. All right. Well, I'm going to pat myself on the back in, in an odd way. So get ready for this, guys. Because in last week's answer, when I said that uh, I had some concerns about the Blazers, I said, if you wanted to look at the glass half full, there were some positives on your side. And I said three things. Uh, only three teams in the West were better than four and four at the time. So there wasn't a lot of ground for the Blazers to make up. 
And we see that the Blazers are now tied for third in the West. So they're seven and four. Uh, you would expect improvement from both Yusuf Nurkic and Robert Covington based on their careers. Guess what? We saw that. And then the third point was the defense can't get much worse. And guess what? It didn't get worse. It got a little bit better. And so all three of those points came through. They needed all three of those points to come through to win these four games. And it's been a good thing for the Blazers to see. To me, the, the thing that has most impressed me has been the spurts of impactful defense we've seen from the Blazers. Certainly hasn't been consistent. It hasn't been it's pretty much been quarter to quarter on whether you'd get a good defensive Blazers effort or a poor one. Uh, but their defensive rating in the first seven games just on the surface was 28th in the league. It's been 14th over the last four games. So I kind of asked myself, is this a result of playing bad offensive teams? Because we know the teams they've played aren't that great, but are they bad offensive teams? And it's probably helped. Minnesota's 26th in offensive rating. Sacramento's the best. They're 12th in the NBA, but not much better than league average. And Toronto's right there in the middle at league average at 15th. But what things have had an impact on this defense, at least over the last four games or something noticeably different than what we've seen from defenses of Blazers pass? To me, it's kind of just been the active hands for this team. When they're engaged, like we saw in the fourth quarter last night against Sacramento, or like how we saw at the end of the game against Toronto, when they're engaged, they're getting deflections. They're getting steals. They're creating some turnovers. And so far this year, the Blazers are seventh in the NBA in steals. They're averaging eight and a half steals per game. Let's compare that to the rest of the Dame CJ era. 28th last year, 25th in the league the year before that, 26th, 25th, and 25th. The Blazers have ranked in steals in the Dame CJ era. So not something we've seen them do, especially consistently for a whole season. They've done it through 11 games. Let's see if they can continue to do it. We heard the stat last night about steals on the broadcast that I think was really interesting, that they're 6-0 and this year, and they have nine or more steals in a game. That shows, again, active hands. The defense is engaged. Uh, they're also eighth in deflections so far this year. And similarly to steals, they ranked in the lower third of the NBA in the entirety of the Dame-CJ era. So those are two areas where they've improved so far this year. And when you're talking about the Blazers, we're not asking them to be an elite defense. If they became an elite defense, suddenly they do become a title contender. But if they're going to be a team who can make a run to the Western Conference Finals, we've talked about they just need to be league average defense or around there because their offense is so good. And it has been really good over the last four games. It's been the best offense in the league. And so when you're creating just a few more turnovers, you know, just two or three more turnovers, not only are you potentially taking two points away from the team, from your opponent, but you're potentially giving yourself two or three points on the other end because oftentimes those turnovers can lead to easy baskets for you or at least quality looks on the offensive end. So each of those turnovers could potentially be four to six-point swings. And as we've seen over the Blazers' last two games, a couple four to six-point swings is the difference between losing and winning. Because if they were 28th in defensive rating over the last four games, like they were the previous seven, they'd be two and two through these past four games that we saw. They would have lost to Toronto and they would have lost to Sacramento last night. But because we see these spurts of defense, of incremental improvement, they are able to pull those games out. And now they have a four-game winning streak. The big question is, can this become a little more consistent? But I think you have to be encouraged that at least now you're starting to see it in spurts if you're a Blazers fan. Nate tried to give us some defense since the Blazers gave us really none of it for the majority of their game against the Kings, man. How about you, Jared? What do you think? Yeah, I think that Nate makes some good points. I mean, the other thing about steals and deflections is 
along with blocks, those are the things that make defense fun to watch because a lot of times those kind of plays, you know, they lead to offense, they lead to fast breaks. Um, so that has been good to see. And, and that's been something about the Blazers, like Nate pointed out for the past few years, is they didn't gamble on defense. You know, they, they didn't gamble for steals. And so it is fun to watch them do that, and they have the personnel to do it now. And I think that seeing it from Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, you've seen that rub off on the other players. You've seen it from CJ. You're seeing it from Nurk, from from Dame. Uh, so everybody's getting out there and doing it from, from Gary Trent Jr. Um, Nate said that the defense has been a little bit better. I think they've been a lot better. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that right now that they're playing like an elite defense, but getting up from what, what they were 28th in defense, defensive rating before all the way to 14 in these past four games, that's a significant improvement. And Nate talked about how it's kind of still been quarter to quarter. And I think it seems like that because we're thinking, you know, we have the most recent game in our mind. And last night, I mean, the Blazers did have some struggles against the Kings, but the Kings are a good offensive team. Sometimes you're going to have games like that where that happens. But what I wanted to look at, and I think that for the first uh, seven games of the season when the Blazers were playing like one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, something that was frustrating for me is how inconsistent they were on defense. And we talked about this in prior podcasts. There were times where they looked really good on defense for parts of games, but their performance would just vary wildly, like Nate said, from quarter to quarter. They'd hold the Warriors to 21 points and then give a give up 34 the next quarter they give up 37 points to the rockets and then give up 17 the next quarter so there was no consistency and that was one of the reasons they were so bad um, i crunched the numbers during the first seven games of the season when the blazers were playing like i said some of the worst events in the nba they gave, gave up more than 30 points in 13 of the 28 quarters they played that's nearly 50 percent nearly half of the quarters they were giving up more than 30 points. And if you're doing that, I mean, if you just do the math, then you're going to be a really bad defense because you're going to be giving up 120 points or more per game. But in the past four games, even though it seems like the defense has still been inconsistent because we're remembering last night's game, they've only given up 30 points or more in four of the 16 quarters they played. And two of those quarters were in last night's game. And that's much better. I mean, 25%, that's kind of where you want to be. Uh, the defense in the Kings game they gave up 30 plus in two of the four quarters. And while I was watching that game last night, I was thinking throughout the game, most of the time that, oh, this this looks like the Blazers did in the first seven games of the season. But overall, over the past four games, they've been much more consistent. And I think that consistency is the hallmark of a good defense. I looked at a team, I wanted to find a team that was kind of where the, the Blazers want to be defensively. And so I looked at the Indiana Pacers, who the Blazers play tonight. I think the Pacers are a good defense. They allow 108 points per 100 possessions. That ranks ninth in the NBA. And that's where the Blazers really want to be defensively. We've talked about how, how they need to be kind of middle of the road defensively because their offense is so good. But if they get to be where they're a top 10 defense, then like Nate said, they're, suddenly they're a title contender. In all the Pacers games this season, I went back and looked at all of the quarters they played. They gave up more than 30 points in 36% of the quarters they played. So you see that what the Blazers have done in the past four games, 25%, they still have a little bit of wiggle room. If you're giving up fewer than 30 points per, per quarter, you're throwing in some quarters where you're giving up 25 or fewer or 20 or fewer, and then you have a few sprinkled in there, just a few, where you're having bad quarters, you're going to be a good defensive team. So... I think Nate also talked about whether this was about bad offensive teams. In the past four games, even though they haven't played a lot of good teams, I do think they've played some good offenses. Like Nate said, the Kings are 12th in the NBA in offensive rating. That's, that's a good offense. 
you know, and the Kings have shown that on certain nights, especially they can really, you know, blow the lid off a place on offense. The Raptors, we talked about this when we were picking the games last last week about how they've been bad on offense and they did they started off the season really poorly but in the past six games they rank third in offensive rating so the the raptors have picked it up and are a good offense the t-wolves stink but i think the blazers played three good offenses in the past four games and for me the fact that they showed defensive improvement against in these four games gives me hope that even when they start playing better teams down the road they can sustain and hopefully build upon this improvement on defense yeah they don't win against uh, Sacramento, especially if they don't step it up on defense. They don't win uh, against Toronto either, especially in crunch time. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's only right to uh, give the defense a little bit of respect. And Nate had mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago, too, in in the fact that this defense needed to improve drastically or dramatically. And going from 28 to, you know, 14th, or, or as you mentioned, Jared, um, that, that is a significant step in the right direction. I love the fact that you mentioned steals, uh, specifically C.J. McCollum, man. I mean, he's, he's at, what, one and a half, almost two steals per game. Uh, that's big time for someone who has taken some criticism over the years about his defensive ability. So you're seeing those improvements. But, man, just on the surface, seeing the play of C.J. McCollum has just been so impressive. And I know we wondered – could he sustain this type of play all season and he continues to get better and better. And and yeah, maybe some of these teams that they're playing don't have the same defense, but still he's got to be able to deliver on, on off nights and bad nights. And so far, man, he has just been so impressive and uh, a lot of fun to watch. And he's keeping them in games with, with his shot making ability, his playmaking ability. And then um, I know we're going to get into this topic a little bit, uh, coming up, but also the play of Yusuf Nurkic. Um, I, I'll set the table there w- with that just because late in that Sacramento Kings game, him getting that big time block, him intercepting the pass, going coast to coast. And then hearing him talk about it uh, after the game was was really cool because you can just see he's he's in a good place and he's smiling and, you know, have, having fun. So I think the, the defense, but also seeing them sustain this type of offensive production has been really cool to, to see. But I will say, speaking of things that are impressive that CJ even joked about was going down 20 in multiple games yeah. and, and also coming back from 20. You know, um, they, I think they were down 17 in, at Toronto as well. Like, they've got to clean that up. Um, you don't want to have those – I mean, this the NBA is a game of, of runs. It's going to happen. Teams are going to go on tears. But to be down 20 – and be expected to overcome that. That's something you don't want to get used to or get comfortable with. And uh, Terry Stotts had, had even mentioned that as well, that, you know, we we're not good enough yet to be complacent like that because you've seen other games this season where they've gotten down big and didn't come back. So you can't rely on that. Um, but overall uh, to, to watch this team play the offensive firepower that they've put together. And now when you're peppering in enough defense, uh, you're seeing the success pay off. Uh, going 4-0 this week and now being 7-4 and on the season. So, guys, uh, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but question number two, after a rough start to the season, it appears that Yusuf Nurkic may be turning a corner and rounding into the player that Blazers fans are accustomed to seeing. So what has encouraged you most about Nurk's play over the last week, Nate? For me, I'm going to take this in like a super small fragment, and this could be recency bias, but to me, the fourth quarter he played last night against Sacramento 
is the thing I'm easily most encouraged by. And had he been playing better over the last week, yeah, he played well the first time they played Sacramento. Uh, he played well against Minnesota. Toronto, not so much. But the reason why the fourth quarter to me last night is separated from the rest is because in these other games, the Blazers have been getting involved, him involved early offensively. And they've been really trying to engage him that way. But going into the fourth quarter last night against Sacramento, he was just having a so-so game. Eight points, seven rebounds, a couple blocks. But he was also coming off, you know, a poor start against Toronto in a game he didn't finish because of injury. He was in foul trouble now against Sacramento. Like, he could have easily gone to that fourth quarter, and we could have seen Nurk kind of not really make an impact. But he made a huge impact, and I think his defense got him going. So I think instead of the team getting Nurk going by running plays through him through the offense, I think he got himself going with Orlando talked about. Uh, he had one of those three blocks in the fourth quarter. Both of his steals in the game were in the fourth quarter. Five of his 12 rebounds were in the fourth quarter. And I think that kind of got him going. And then offensively, I think we saw the aggression that we've been wanting to see from Nurk. Like he realized these guys can't defend me down here. I'm bigger. I can move these guys around. And it's exactly what he did. He had 10 of his 18 points in the fourth quarter. And so to me, the fact that he was able to engage himself, get re-engaged in the game where he necess wasn't necessarily playing all that well, I think was the biggest reason the Blazers actually ended up holding on and winning last night against Sacramento was Yusuf Nurkic. So for me, while he's had he's been better over the last week, that fourth quarter last night was easily the thing I was most encouraged by. You know, seeing the fourth quarter too, Nate, also made me think, oh, Nurk is getting back into shape. When you're playing your best at the end of a game versus the beginning and you kind of fade and the shots start coming up short and you know, the effort just isn't there because you're gassed. That was another thing that, that I noticed about the fourth quarter. I'm glad that you brought that up as well. How about he, you, Jared? Right before you go, Jared, I just want to point yeah, out he had an it. impact in, in the biggest win the Blazers have had so far this year against the Lakers. He had an impact in that fourth quarter with smaller plays, but it was just really the last couple minutes down the stretch. It wasn't like this, where I think he was kind of the anchor and the lightning rod for this team holding on to that lead and pulling out that win yesterday against Sacramento. And like I said, in a game where he was not playing all that well right beforehand, go ahead, Jared, the floor is yours. No, I think you make some good points. Um, he was so active in that fourth quarter last night, the Blazers really amped up their defensive pressure, you know, pushing the defense out farther on the perimeter. And Nurk was right in the middle of that. He wasn't dropping back. He was, he was pushing up on the guards and then he was able to rotate back. And I think that also shows that he's getting into better shape to be able to have that lateral quickness to get back, to be able to push forward and then get back. Um, last night's game against the Kings, I think that was Nurkic's best game of the season. Um, and like Nate said, I, mean, I was most impressed with his defense. And that's and for everything that Nurk can do on offense and the way he facilitates the offense with his passing, all those things are really important. But where he really benefits the Blazers is with his defense. And you just noticed him on the court last night. You just, you just, you saw him out there doing Nurk things. And it showed up in the box score too. I mean, the two steals of three blocks. Um, I do think Nurk has been rounding into form, like we said. I mean, I think it's been the first time I thought Nurk was starting to look better was the game against the Bulls. Even though the Blazers lost that game, he played really well in that game or he played better in that game. In those five games since, you know, since the Bulls game, He's averaging 11.8 points, eight rebounds, 
2.6 assists, 1.2 steals, and one block per game. Those are kind of more along what we along the line of what we expect from Nurk. Um, but that also includes that eight-minute game against the Raptors when he left early because of a quad injury. And if you take that game out, it's even better. 14.3 points, 9.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.5 steals, 1.3 blocks. Those are Yusuf Nurkic numbers. The yeah. Yusuf Nurkic we're accustomed to seeing, those are the stats that he puts up. And so over the last five games, I also noticed he ranks third on the team in defensive rating right behind Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington. So that's also exciting because you see the nucleus of that defense and that starting lineup starting to make its, uh, make its mark out there on the court. I don't think it's a surprise. And when we talked a lot about the defense in the early part of today's podcast, and I don't think it's a surprise that the Blazers are rounding into form as a team on defense at the same time that Nurkic seems to be finding his game again. Someone like Nurk, man, something that, that we've mentioned a, a few times throughout the years is he's that, that X factor that they go as far as, as Nurk goes. And Nurk's success is a direct reflection of the team's success. And that's especially true on defense, like you guys have mentioned. And so to see that, I think, is something that Blazers fans should really be excited about when it comes to Nurk, is to see him deliver on defense. And, you know, he even joked about, you know, coach doesn't like me going for steals, but, uh, you know, he, he's a big guy. You don't want to pick up those fouls, but, you know, seeing him do that and then take off and, and almost go coast to coast in a sense, lean into the defender and, and finish at the cup. What do you like, mean in a sense? He went coast yeah, he to did. coast. He went coast I mean, to coast. He was at the top of the three point, three point line, right? At top yeah, of the it key. still counts. Okay. I mean, <laughs> especially for a big guy. <laughs> especially for a big guy. Yeah. And so to see him take off like that and be able to finish, I was like, oh, that's that's the old Nurk. That's that's the Nurk that that we're used to seeing out there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he had he has such an impact on the game and on this Trailblazers team, and so that's going to get everything going. And he makes up for so much, you know. And those defensive ratings that you guys mentioned, they're only going to get better and better if Nurk continues to to get better and better. And uh, I do like that that Nurk gave us a little bit of insight into just. There's a lot of stuff going on with him outside of basketball. And, yeah. you know, the stuff that he has going on with his family back in Bosnia is real and it's weighing on his heart. And so he's trying to find that balance as well. And, and you know, coming back and having to get into shape and figure that all out. So there's just there's a lot to it. And it, it's good to see him with a smile on his face and, and, and playing the way he did against Sacramento. It really makes you feel like good things are, are ahead for Yusuf Nurkic. One thing I'm going to be really interested in is because the, the, the teams they've played over this stretch of games where, you know, he's had better, more success. And the numbers Jared threw when you toss out the top Toronto game, those are the numbers. Yeah. yeah. To see from Nurk. Those are difference-making numbers on defense, but also offensively. Like the Blazers through those first seven games weren't the offensive team we know they can be and knew they were probably going to be the rest of the year. I think they're 11th in offensive rating. Right those first seven games they're now they've been first over the last four and they're now third in the league as for the season as a whole and so he's helping them on that end of the floor as well but one thing I'm going to be curious about is because Minnesota they played no Carl Anthony Towns not really much of a big man presence Sacramento there was no Rashawn Holmes the first go around and then you had Rashawn Holmes the second go around but nice player but not you know not someone you would expect Nurkic could have success against and then the Toronto game you have to throw out because of the injury. 
they play Sabonis and the Pacers tonight. I'd be really interested to see, especially on a back-to-back, after Nurk put so much energy last night, what type of energy, what, what type of game we see from Nurk going against a bona fide all-star and Sabonis and, and the Pacers, who are a really good team. I'd be really interested to see how he responds. Both Sabonis and Turner, and I think what's interesting about that matchup is both of those guys can pull Nurk out of the paint and really you know, test his perimeter defense because they can both stretch the floor. So, guys, let's get right into it then. And you guys mentioned that, that Pacers game. It's prediction time. They're at home tonight against the Pacers, who are 7-4 and four this season. Saturday, they take on the Hawks, 5-5. Five and five. Monday against the Spurs, who are 6-5. and five. And then Wednesday against the Grizzlies, who are 5-6. and six. Uh, When it's all said and done, they'll play their next seven games at home. So a big opportunity lies ahead for the Portland Trailblazers. With all that said, guys, which games do the Blazers win? Which games do they lose? This is this is part of the schedule we talked about a couple weeks yep. ago. We're just and we're going to see this for another week or two. We're going to be picking these games and be like, man, favorable part of the schedule for the Blazers. This is what we were talking about and why it's so critical that they won these last four games and had that slight defensive improvement and didn't, you know, have the defensive struggles they had earlier in the year and just go two and two because then they'd be what five and six right now and you'd be like, man, you know, they're, <laughs> this would be a much different conversation. Yeah. Totally. And so they need to win these games. And you guys, I got to give you guys credit. Jared and Orlando, man, even after that disappointing Bulls loss, you picked the Blazers to go 4-0 and last week. Both of you. Both of you. I was stunned. And I, I think, I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm shook now that it actually happened. You're correct. Uh, you guys are 6-1 and one this year. Oh, man. So far, picking games. The only games you guys, the only game you guys missed was the Bulls game, uh, where the Blazers blew the big lead. So, uh, and then I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not six and one. I, I am, <laughs> I am four and three so far this year. So I've already hey, got. You're still about five hundred. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I'm like the Atlanta Hawks, apparently, uh, or the San Antonio Spurs, whichever one of them were six and five. <laughs> uh, middling right now. So I'm be interested to see if you guys pick a sweep this week because that would really, I think, be showing some trust in this team. I'm not going to pick them to sweep. I'm going to do what I did last week and hedge myself one game. I'm going to say they go three and one, and I think the game they lose, I think as you guys probably expect, is the game tonight against Indiana. I think the Pacers, Pacers are top ten both offensively and defensively so far this year. I think they're a really good team. Uh, and the Blazers on a back-to-back, having to fly back to Portland and play again tonight, I'm going to give the nod to the Pacers, especially if we see the Blazers come out uh, a little complacent like we've seen in the last two games. If they get down 20 to the Pacers, they're not coming back. Um, but then I expect them to run off. That be another little wake-up for them, get reset, and then run off three wins in a row against Atlanta, San Antonio, and Memphis. I mean, a couple of those teams are 500. Atlanta started off hot, hasn't been as good lately. Blazers are better than all these teams. They should win. Yeah, looking at these four games, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like with last week, even when the Blazers were coming off that Chicago loss, you just looked at the games, you were like, the Blazers should beat all of these teams. And it feels like that with these four too. I mean, that said, none of these teams are bad. I wouldn't say any of them. I mean, maybe the Pacers, I think you could say the Pacers are good, but I wouldn't say any of them are bad. Um, any the of these teams. Right now. I think the Grizzlies right now. Uh, I mean, John Morant, who knows what's going to happen with him. But I think as is right now, I think the Grizzlies are a bad team. But go ahead. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'd put them there yet. I mean, it, I, I don't think they're good. I think they're mediocre. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think any of these four teams could rise up and beat the Blazers if the Blazers aren't on their game. I think that's what I was trying to say. Um, the Pacers, they are a really good team, but they did lose two straight before they shut down the Warriors on Tuesday night. And in those two games, I mean, they weren't good defensively. They, they really got lit up. Um, I'm interested because, yes, it is a second night of a back-to-back for the Blazers, and so I was kind of leaning picking against the Blazers because of that. But they don't have – not only do they not have Victor Oladipo, who they just traded away, but they're not going to have Karis LeVert play tonight. And so they're going to be a little bit shorthanded. I'm just going to give the Blazers a momentum win here and let Ooh. them keep it going, win against the Pacers. The Hawks, one, it's the second game of a back-to-back for the Hawks. Two, it's the uh, end of a three-game re- road swing. Three, they've lost five of six before they beat the depleted 76ers. That's a win for the Blazers. And the Spurs and Grizzlies both have a negative net rating. I don't need to do any more research than that. Give the Blazers another 4-0 and week. Run this winning streak to eight. Doing it. These are the games the Blazers need to win, and they're going to do it. (laughs) Well, they can't. They can't get off that fifteen and three start. Jared promised, but he's going to try. No, they can't. But they can get. They can get close. (laughs) Oh, that's bold, Jared. That is bold, man. Picking the Pacers game tonight. That was the real bold pick, I think. Dude, you are you are motivating me right now to want to join you. I just, I can't do it. it that, no. That's that's hard for me. See, to go. It's a little risky. Yeah, it's hard for me to say they'll go eight. No, the problem is, like you said, these are, I feel like most of these are toss-ups. Like, I think that any any given day, the Blazers could win or lose these games. I don't, like, I don't feel as confident as I did last week or even the picks uh, the week before with this one. And so I'm going to play it safe like, like Nate did. And I'm going to say they go three and one. And I think that that Pacers game is the game that they lose for the same reasons that, that Nate mentioned. I hope that they don't come out flat and, and get behind early because that's going to make for one bummer of a game, uh, especially on the second of a back-to-back. So three and one is, is what I'm rolling with, man. And, and just so people know, picking them to go three and one during this stretch, like the Pacers, I think, are probably the toughest team the Blazers play this entire month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it is going to be – I would have loved to see this game not on a back-to-back, on a road yeah. trip back-to-back for the Blazers. I would have loved to see both these teams hang out in Portland for a day and then go at each other and play. I would Because I think it would be a real measure stick for the Blazers to see how, how much they actually have improved. One thing, one other thing I'm interested in seeing in this game is uh, the Blazers' offense, because as we talked about, the they've been tearing it up over the last four, but the teams they've played have all been lower third defensive teams in terms of defensive rating. All four of these teams currently rank in the top half of the NBA in defensive rating. So I want to see, I want to see how the Bla- if the Blazers can continue peaking at this offensive rate, because it's been a ton of fun seeing Damon CJ click. The way they have, I don't know. Have, do you guys recall seeing both of them play this well together? Usually, it's one or the other, not together like this. No, I mean, this is the best they've ever been collectively. The the crazy amount of assists that we saw in the Kings game. I know oh. guys have to make shots, but to have both of them in double digits assists, something that has never happened before, and then Dame's historic stat line of forty thirteen and zero turnovers. The two of them combined for one turnover. So. Yeah, I mean they are playing elite basketball together, the best collectively that they've they've ever played in their careers together. So 
this is a lot of fun. But yeah, Nate, it'll be good to see them get challenged a little more uh, by teams that are a little bit better defensively. So that's one thing to look out for. And the other thing is just winning some home games, man. Um, yeah. I think they're three and two right now at the Moda. So uh, it'd be nice to see them win some more games. The home road stuff doesn't really seem like it matters anymore, does it? No, Not this season. no. Not without, no. without the fans. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Portland Portland has been good on the road so far this year. Yeah. I like that Dame gave the little shout out to, to you know, seeing hope, hoping to see fans in the Moda Center again one day because I know that's something I think about uh, when I'm watching this these games or the couple of games that I went down to the Moda to cover. It's just so weird. It's so different. Um, and you can't help but think, man, what would it be like if there were 20,000 fans in here? I mean, it's different for us watching the game, but, you know, we have that piped-in fan noise, so it's not quite as different for them. I mean, it's an empty, quiet arena. I mean, that's just got to be so weird. And totally. I, for guys like Nurk, who need, I think, a little yeah. extra juicing, I think that has probably, I mean, not a big factor, but I think it's probably played some factor in his slow start that, you know, he doesn't have the people around him hyping him up. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. You have to find it from other places because, yeah, I mean, when, when I was in there for the opener, man, like you can hear, you can hear everything. I mean, yeah. when, when Melo goes up for those rebounds, <laughs> it's clear as day, man. You know? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, personally, it's, it's pretty dope. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so weird to, to see that element play out so far. So, guys, I think you know what time it is. Let's, let's tap those wrists. It's all about Max Barr. Take it away, man. Hey guys, it's great to be back with another week of Rip It. Last week, Nate started the season with a win. Sure. As Orlando wow. said, dominant fashion. Let's find out how you did last week before we get to this week's game. So we're going to go back to that game against the Timberwolves. Question for this game was, who will finish with the most rebounds? Robert Covington, Jarrett Culver, or former Blazer Ed Davis? Jared, you went with Bob Covington. Orlando and Nate went with Ed Davis. Nate, you said the man knows how to rebound. He does know how to rebound. <laughs> Well, maybe he knew how to rebound. He finished with one rebound in the game. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. Robert Covington with four. Oh, dang. But, but Jared Culver had the most with oh, five. Man. Oh, no way. <laughs> no way. So oh. nobody got that one. Oh, man. Oh, rip it strikes again. Snatch right from yeah. my hands. Jared Culver, I think that's the first time I've thought good about Good job, that. good effort. Since he got drafted, and uh, we were supposedly supposed to think about him last week. Did not think about him. Yeah, I, I, I hate him now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the first showdown in Sacramento. The question for this one was, uh, who will score the most points? It was between Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony, or Kings rookie Tyrese Halliburton. And we didn't know if De'Aaron Fox was going to play at this point. And based on that info, Jared and Nate uh, picked Halliburton, who looks great, by the way. Yeah, he's impressive. Orlando, it was, I can't resist, three to the dome, Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, who finished with 13 points in the game. 
Ooh. Not good. Nice not I mean, nice not bad, done. not good. Yeah. Right at his Gary average, Trent. I think. Yeah, Gary Trent with 10. Halliburton with 12. Oh, Orlando, oh my gosh. Orlando <laughs> gets that about, one. Baby. Three to the dome comes <laughs> That's through. That's right, baby. Damn. <laughs> Halliburton needs to go get his more. Stop trying to get other people involved when we pick you. Go get yeah, yours. He is. Yeah, I'm, he's the he's best player on that team already. He's so good. So Orlando's on the board with that one. Blazers versus Raptors. The question for this game was, who will have the most assists? Dame, Fred Van Vliet, or Kyle Lowry? And this was a sweep. You all picked Dame. And you were all wrong this time. Uh, Dame had five assists. Kyle Lowry with only two. And Fred Van Vliet was the winner with six. Uh, what if Link gets it done? Well, we what, do you mean, what do you mean we, we picked a sweep and we were wrong this time? We're wrong every time. <laughs> it's a kiss of death. It really is. Yeah. He's just trying to make us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> the delivery on point by Max Barr as usual, by the way. Thank you. Okay, going to the second game in Sacramento. Question for this game was, which team will shoot a better three-point percentage in the game? Jared, you and Orlando went with your game pick, so you went with the Blazers. Nate, you went with the Kings. And this was insane. Yeah. So these, these two teams combined to make 42 three-pointers, which, according to Kevin Pelton of ESPN, was the most in the NBA this season and the second most ever in NBA history. Wow. <laughs> but the question was three-point percentage. The, Bla- the Blazers shot 23 of 48 wow. for 47.9%. Oh, man, I know three. the Kings were shooting it so well early. Oh, the Kings, cool down. 19 for 38, 50%. Oh, come from on. Yeah. Unbelievable oh. shooting from both teams. So Nate was right. He was wrong about the game. He was right about the threes. So, so he's on the board. One one, and I've got zero. You want Blazers? To they matched a franchise record with twenty three made. And guys, <laughs> before we get to the next question, I have to ask: Is Rippet responsible for last night's record-breaking shooting? That, that's what it I only makes thinking. sense. That's what I was yeah. going to get. Rippet is always responsible for anything that's good. Did I do this? <laughs> I think you did, Max. I was literally so uh, last night while they were making those threes. I remembered. It was a three-point related question to the game. <laughs> I thought it was number of threes. And when the Blazers do it, I was like, oh, crap. They came back and beat them. So I didn't think I was actually going to win that question. I was thrilled to hear you say it was percentage. But I was thinking about that all last night was three-pointers. <laughs> and I knew this was a question. I was, too. I wasn't following the numbers as the game was going. But I was just watching all the shots fall. And I was like, oh, the Kings are probably going to win this one. Oh, no, wait. The Blazers are making a run. And then when I looked at the final numbers, I just started giggling. <laughs> Unbelievable. It is. Well, you have immense power, Max. Apparently. I need to figure out how to, how to wield this power. I, I think you missed your real career opportunity. I think it's a little bit uh, southeast of here uh, from Portland. Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, it's not too late. There you go. All right. Let's get to the wild card question of the week. And this was another fun one. Uh, it was over-under total points scored by CJ in both Kings games. Oh. And I put the over-under at 53.5, which was a little bit generous, a little bit less than his per-game average at the time. Man. Uh, Jared, you slammed the over. Nate, you went under because you said, I don't know if the points per game is sustainable. 
And Orlando, you said a narrow under, and you called for a total of 50. <laughs> Should have picked 60, my friend. Oh, no, CJ man. scored 37 in the first Kings game <laughs> and 28 last night for a total of 65, way over. So Jerry gets that one, which oh, means oh, my gosh. all three of you got one out of five this week, and we have no winner. So congratulations oh. to no one. <laughs> Rip it is truly back. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Literally, Max is the winner of this week. He made yes. a game, he influenced how a game took place. Meanwhile, we were 20% on those picks. I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you. The house wins, man. The house wins. All right. But as always, the good news is another game starts right now. So let's get to it with tonight's game, Thursday night against the Pacers. Question for this game Which total will be greater? Rebounds by Derek Jones Jr. or blocked shots by Miles Turner, <laughs> who is averaging an astounding four blocks per game at this point in the season. Derek Jones Jr. averaging about three and a half rebounds per game. So, what do you think? Which total will be greater? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Miles Turner. I still think he's mad no one wanted him this last season when the Pacers desperately <laughs> tried to trade him. So I'm going to go with Miles Turner in the block. I'm going to give uh, Derek Jones Jr. the nod. Yeah, I'm going All rebounds right. also. Derek Jones Jr. Okay. <clears throat> Blazers versus Hawks. Question for this game, who will score the most points? Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, or Trey Young? <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to go with Trey Young. Interesting. All right. Orlando, you go, man. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to take Trey Young as, as well. No, man. You, you, where's the faith, guys? <laughs> where's the faith? We're going to get the Dame stare. That's what's Which blazer are you picking, Nate? That, that's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> which is just incredible. Uh, I'm, which one's Trey Young going to be guarding? I'm going to take Dame. All right. Blazers versus Spurs. Over or, over or under 17 and a half points for LaMarcus Aldridge in the game. Uh, give me the under. All right. He's averaging about 15 at this point. Yeah. But he's had some he's had some pretty high scoring games recently. Orlando, what do you think? I'll take the over. He'll, he'll get up for this game. Thank goodness. I wanted to take the under, but I wasn't going to do it if it was going to mean a clean sweep. I'm going to take the under. There we go. All right. When in doubt, don't sweep, I guess, is the lesson for today. Yes. I love that. All right. Blazers against the Grizzlies. Who will make the most three-pointers in this game? Dylan Brooks, Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> or Kyle Slow-Mo Anderson? <laughs> Orlando, go ahead. We know are, what you're going to say. Are you, are you even – is anyone – are you really asking me? Like, just just mark it down, you, you, dude. You're locked in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Three to the dome. Three to the dome. Mellow for the win. You, you, need, you need like a saying like Carmelo has with his rebounds when you pick him. <laughs> <laughs> you need something like that. You can bleep it out. Yeah, what can we get – Where it has to be quiet for like a second or two, like every time we get the rebound on the broadcast. Yeah, I got I to find something KGW approved, man. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take the duck. I'm gonna take Dylan Brooks. All right, I uh, like that. I think I'm gonna go with Orlando, three to the dome. Woo! Right in the middle. All right. That brings us to the wild card question of the week. And the question is, in which game, Pacers, Hawks, Spurs, or Grizzlies, will the Blazers score the fewest points? Who's going to lock them down? I'll take the Pacers, man. Who wants to start? I'll, uh, I'll I'll take the Grizzlies. I'll I'll go a little sideways and take the Grizzlies on that. They like to slow it down a little bit. All right. The Grizzlies, that was the team in my head, so I'm going to stick with it. Grizzlies. Okay. That wraps it up for this week. We'll find out how you did in next week's show. I'm still I'm still the rip it champ for another week. You still are. You still got the crown. <laughs> still holding on to that belt, baby. <sighs> A tie is only slightly better than Yeah, than it's a Nate partial winning. win because we keep the win away from Nate. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only satisfaction in that. Well, congrats on that, guys. <laughs> hey, it's a tall task, man. It's like holding Dane to 15. It's a tall task. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, it's good good seeing you guys again on Zoom. I'd say we, we run it back next week better than ever. Good seeing you guys again. Take care. Everybody, make sure to subscribe. See you next time.